Episode 791. The Green Bay Packers have embarked on their annual tailgate tour, and we'll talk to someone that was there at their first stop. That someone is Brandon Kennard of WAOW. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Carvu, and we're talking about the Packers' annual tailgate tour on today's show. To do that, we're joined by a guest. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We have Brandon Kennard, sports director at WAOW and host of Pack Attack. Mr. Kennard, how you doing this morning? Awesome, Brian. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. You bet. Before we dig in here, too, Brandon, in an attempt for our listeners to get to know you, can you tell us about your role at WAOW and what you do? Sure, yeah. I'm the, I'm the sports director up the, up here in Wausau, so, uh, you know, just covering all things sports, a lot of high school sports we cover up here, but it's also a really cool market because we're obviously right next door to Green Bay, so we cover a ton of Packers. That's definitely our main focus here. Uh, I'm over in Green Bay, you know, two, three times a week sometimes during the season in the locker room, just like the local guys over there are, and uh, we do a, a weekly show during football season called Pack Attack, as you mentioned, where we have a different guest on every week. Uh, you know, former Packer Johnny Gray joins us as our analyst for that. So uh, it's a real good show. Uh, cover the Packers very closely. And last night they came to us instead of me having to go to them. That was great. <laughs> yes. So uh, we'll get to the tailgate tour in just one moment here. Uh, but I did want to kind of start our, our Packers questioning with with the big news earlier this week. Wanted to get your reaction to uh, the claiming of defensive lineman Eagle Ferguson on waivers. Brandon, what did you think of that transaction? I thought it made sense. I mean, the more depth you can get at that position, especially with where they're at right now, the better. Uh, you know, Guyon, you think, is going to be back in week five, but I, part of me thinks that's still up in the air, that you know, they, they might make a move there and, and go in a different direction. That's kind of a, a wait-and-see game, I guess, what they end up doing with, with, with LaTroy. But, you know, Ferguson's a guy who, obviously, former second-round pick, had a few decent years with Chicago and not super expensive either. So, you know, I, I think it's almost a move that, you know, it made too much sense not to make it because uh, you're pretty thin at that particular position. So between him and Francois, and then you'd assume Kenny Clark will take another step uh, you know, they're, they're starting to add some necessary pieces at that spot. I still think there's probably more that has to be done on the defensive line. Obviously, you know, you got Mike Daniels as the anchor, but that's a position to me that's always been more about depth than having, you know, the guys at the top. So uh, I'm interested to see what they do there in the draft. I'm sure they'll probably bring in another D lineman through the draft and then obviously maybe an undrafted free agent too to make some Make some noise come training camp, and we'll see uh, you know, what happens there. I'll have my thoughts on Ego Ferguson later this show, but Brandon, we wanted to get your thoughts on the Packers tailgate tour. You were there for the first stop in Medford, Wisconsin on Tuesday night. Can you describe the atmosphere and what it was like for those of us that couldn't be there? 
Yeah, it was it was great. I've covered, you know, four or five of those things throughout the years now. And this was packed. I mean, there were more people that I've seen at this one than any other one I've been to. They sold out. There were about 1,500 people there. The autograph line took about two hours for people to get <laughs> through it. Uh, there was live music, food, you know, just it, overall great atmosphere. Uh, I spoke to someone who is running the, uh, the one in Rhinelander coming up on Friday, and she said they've only sold about – 600 tickets so far so you put that in perspective there were you know more than twice as many people at this one in medford last night as they have tickets sold for the one coming up in rhinelander on friday i mean it was it was a packed house people were really really excited and you know i could tell the players obviously appreciated that excitement it's a fun crew of people i mean you know aaron ripkowski is a great guy jake ryan's got some personality and brett hunley obviously is you know he's a he's a fun guy to be around too so uh, I think it was fun for those players to be out there. And obviously if you're a fan, you got to love that kind of atmosphere, especially if you live in Medford. Cause that's what I love about the tailgate tours. I, I grew up near green Bay. So I know how, you know, kind of unique that city is as an NFL city where the Packers are more accessible than the giants are going to be in New York or the Cowboys are going to be in Dallas. That's just the way it is. But if you live out here where people are just as Packers crazy as they are in green Bay, you don't always get the opportunity to see those guys around town. So, you know, this is always a fun time of year for the smaller communities, you know, wherever they go on this tour to, you know, give, uh, give some of these places a chance to meet some Packers up close and personal. I think it's, I think it's a really cool tour. I really enjoy it every year. It is, and a lot of my questioning here coming up will be about the players that are on the tour. There's three current ones. Uh, Brett Hundley among them, as you mentioned before, what Brandon, what do you, what do you think the end game is with Brett Hundley? I'm not sure much sure how much longer he's going to be a Packer. Do, do you anticipate the Packers trading him like so many other backup quarterbacks? Yeah. I mean, he's got to take some strides first, I think before he becomes a, a viable trade target, he was a guy who he fell to the fifth round. It's not like he was a second round pick and he's going to be a, a guy that other teams are necessarily chopping at the bit to get. Uh, and he, you know, hasn't looked particularly great in his chances in the preseason. He looked, I think a little better is his rookie year. Obviously he got injured last year and kind of had to sit some games. So he didn't really get a chance to showcase himself uh, during the preseason. So, you know, I think it all depends how he looks this year and then maybe, Next year, we'll be talking about him in the same light that we're talking about at Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. So, yeah, sure, I think they'd like to trade him. I think it, it obviously would make sense for both parties, you know, to, to get something for him and let him walk it and see what he can do elsewhere because you are, if you're the Packers, hopefully going to have Aaron Rodgers for six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, you know, however long he wants to play. So Hundley's end game isn't to sit until he gets the chance to take over in Green Bay. His goal's got to be to get a chance somewhere else. But, Brian, I think it really depends how he plays. You know, he hasn't really impressed me too much, you know, in, in the practice reps that I've seen and in the, obviously in the preseason reps that he's gotten. He's obviously got the talent. It's just a matter of can he take the next step and start to show it. Yeah, I, I think his stock would be a lot higher if his last two preseasons were flipped. He had such the good year right. as rookie yep. year. Then last year was hamstring by injuries, but... Anyway, uh, another player on the tour here, Brandon, fullback Aaron Ripkowski. Do you think he'll continue to touch the football as much as he did this past year 
because he both, you know, got a lot of carries and caught a lot of passes. I'm not sure if that was a product of so many injuries at the running back position or what it was. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, they don't pick anybody else up in the backfield, he's going to have to touch the ball uh, quite a bit. That's something I talked to him about last night. I can tell he, he, Brian, carried the ball nine times in college throughout his entire college <laughs> career. And then I think it was the game of Detroit, the regular season finale last year, he had 11 carries. So think about that. Nine times through, I think, three years of college and then 11 in one game. And he looked really good in that Detroit game. He had some long runs yes. in the first quarter, if you remember. He, you know, he caught the touchdown pass. I think it was the Packers' first touchdown of the game and in a big game there in Detroit. So uh, he says he's getting more comfortable. I talked to him about this for a couple minutes last night. Uh, he definitely, obviously, goes without saying, wants more opportunities to touch the football. Uh, so, you know, he's going to do some more drills, you know, and OTAs in the offseason program to just get comfortable with the football in his hands because, you know, he had that big fumble against Atlanta, and that was, you know, early in the game. So much happened in the NFC Championship game, it's easy to forget about. But if he doesn't fumble inside the 10-yard line there, who knows where the momentum of that game goes and, you know, who knows how it ends up playing out. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a product of him being an inexperienced ball carrier, I think. And that was something that he wants to work on throughout the offseason. And he wants more chances. I'd like to see him get them because, you know, he, he looked good for a big guy. I mean, he looks good running out there. Uh, he can move. You know, he's athletic. He's got good side to side movement. And once he gets going downhill, I mean, it's over if you're a defender. I mean, he's just uh, he's just so large. So it's a matter of can he become more and more comfortable in a ball-carrying position. On the defensive side of the football, Jake Ryan, another player on this year's tailgate tour, um, do you think he's destined to be a full-time starter on this team for the next several years? I think it definitely sets up that way. Uh, it really depends on how the, you know, if, if we're talking – if we're talking about you know long-term future, I think it really depends on who or, or, or what falls to them in the draft. Uh, because, you know, Ted, if he, you know, if he gets a good middle linebacker at 29, he may, he may very well take him, And it might end up being that person in Blake Martinez instead of Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez on the inside. So, uh, you know, Jake Ryan looked good last year. He led the team in tackles, you know, he's, uh, getting better in coverage. Uh, so I think he's a decent option at inside linebacker. Again, you know, nothing that I saw that I'm sure anybody listening saw last year that really, really stood out about him, but uh, you know, not bad. And uh, you know, seems Jake's kind of a funny guy. Cause I asked him a little bit about Michigan basketball last night, just making conversation. They had that, they had that loss in the sweet 16 to Oregon. And, you know, we were kind of talking about it. It was a close game, good game. And then you bring up football and he gives you a five or six second response. You know, he, <laughs> he, he, he can talk your ear off about something else, but he almost seems to freeze up when you try to talk football with him a little bit. So it's hard to get a vibe from, you know, on where he is or, or what he thinks about his role and all that stuff, because he just, he doesn't open up that much about it. So I think he's another guy who we're going to have to kind of wait and see. Uh, I don't know if I see him, obviously, uh, he's obviously not a Brian Urlacher type where he's going to be in there and, you know, make multiple Pro Bowls over 10 years. But I hate to bring up the A.J. Hawk comparison because I know that's kind of been thrown around a lot, but maybe he could develop into that, you know, a consistent guy who starts in Green Bay for six, seven, eight years. 
Uh, Brandon, what about the former players on the tour? Did any of them have anything interesting to say? Well, Ryan Longwell lives in the Bahamas now. I found that out okay. last night. He lives in the Bahamas, and he runs a football clinic year-round down there, teaching kids in that area how to play football. I mean, if that isn't the best idea for a former player, <laughs> I mean, can you think about that? Just living in the Bahamas year-round and, and, and teaching football. That's a, that's a great idea for him. Um, good to see him last night. I didn't get a chance to talk to Robert Ferguson. He's another one of the former guys, but I did chat with him on green for a while. Uh, tried to talk Batman with him, but he knows way more than I do. So, um, <laughs> it didn't, didn't really work out for me. Uh, but I did also talk to him about, you know, the running back spot, obviously. And he is a huge, huge Ty Montgomery fan. Uh, he thinks that, you know, Ty could probably develop into a feature back that you could use for the next five plus years. Uh, the jury's definitely still out on that one, I think. But, you know, take it from the Packers' all-time leading rusher, I guess. Amon Green is big on Ty Montgomery. Uh, really likes the combination of him and Rukowski, he said, in the backfield. Uh, so, you know, he says he feels confident. He says McCarthy's probably got to feel confident. And uh, you got to see where it goes in, in OTA's minicamp and stuff. For what it's worth, I did ask Amon if he, would, he thought that the Packers would bring in another running back. And he said... Probably not. He at, at least you know not early in the draft or through free agency. So he he likes where they're at right now at that position, which I think says something for a guy who obviously played it very well in Green Bay for close to ten years. Yeah, I think Ty Montgomery's an up and coming player as well. Uh, last question here, Brandon, before we let you go. Uh, did any of the conversations come up with Mark Murphy, kind of the guy leading the tailgate tour? that he addressed during the NFL owners meeting. Like there, there were so many things he talked about, like Green Bay hosting the NFL draft or playing in international games. Did he address any of those on the tailgate tour? Yeah, he talked a little bit uh, when he was addressing the crowd about the potential of playing uh, overseas. Obviously, he really wants to go to London. I think the entire organization does. Uh, there, there's a game in there in 2018. He didn't mention this last night. He, you know, he kind of gave your, your typical political answers that you might expect from Mark Murphy, but th there's a game in 2018 where they play at the Rams that I've heard talks that that could potentially get moved to London because that'll be the Rams last year playing in the Coliseum before their new stadium opens. Uh, so that might be one where they're flexible and say, all right, we will give up this game to the Packers to go over there in London. Uh, so, you know, knowing Murphy and, and, you know, some of the work that he's been able to do and, you know, he's gaining more influence among the owners, maybe that'll work. Uh, but that's definitely something that he talked about for a little bit last night. He also addressed some of the rule changes that, you know, they worked on last week at the owners meetings. He was actually the one who kind of headed up the change to the, the replay uh, process where now, you know, the official won't go under the hood anymore. Mm -hmm. They'll just throw on a headset, talk to the guys back in, you know, New York at the, at the mothership, I guess you could say, and uh, they'll make the decision from back there, similar to how other sports do it. Uh, he's a big fan of that, says it should speed up the game a little bit. You know, you don't have that kind of antiquated process of the official going over there, getting under the hood and all that. So, you know, he addressed that last night, said, you know, he's a big fan, glad it went through. Uh, but, uh, you know, nothing groundbreaking from Murphy last night. He was great with the fans, though, always is. Brandon, uh, great insight from the tailgate tour. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. We greatly appreciate it. Keep up the good work at WAOW, and we'd love to have you on again sometime. I'd enjoy that, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care.
Brandon Kennard of WAOW joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Today's show is brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's forthcoming craft beer bar, of which I am the prospective owner. We started a GoFundMe campaign to raise startup capital for the project and hope you'll consider contributing. Here's a clip we created for the campaign. Please take a listen. Hey everyone, this is Brian Caravu, and hopefully sometime soon you'll know me as the owner of Beer Rock, a craft beer bar in Madison, Wisconsin. You might be asking, what the heck is a Beer Rock? Well, it's the family recipe of my wife Amanda, and it's going to be the signature item on our menu. In its simplest terms, a Beer Rock is similar to a pasty, except better. It's a savory pastry filled with beef, sauerkraut, onion, cheese, and seasoning. At least that's the traditional version. We also plan on having other various interpretations. How does a Korean birok with pork and kimchi sound? To make this a reality, however, we need your help. We're looking to get a small business loan to do all sorts of things like lease a property and buy all the equipment we need. That's why we set up a GoFundMe campaign. Your donation will go towards the equity needed to secure that loan. Once that's done, the dominoes will start falling. Best of all, we've created several reward levels to thank you for your generosity. They range from branded t-shirts to free food and drink on premise. So please take the time to explore and thank you for your consideration. We hope you become one of the founding members of B-Rock and Bottoms Up. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, I wanted to give you my two cents on the acquisition by the Green Bay Packers of defensive lineman Ego Ferguson. First of all, the facts and details of what happened. The Packers claimed Ferguson off waivers from the Chicago Bears on Monday. He was released the previous week. Uh, In fact, it may have work to the Packers' favor in that I believe Ferguson was actually waived on Friday by the Green Bay Packers, which kind of gave them there is no activity by the NFL over the weekend. Uh, They kind of do roster transactions and waivers, you know, all the weekdays, Monday through Friday. They don't do any activity over the weekend, which kind of gave the Packers, if they wanted to, Time to watch more film and have a lot of guys like do some research into Ferguson. Maybe that kind of helped them. Um, but we have to remember the waiver order reflects the NFL draft over order, which which that pretty much means every team in the NFL, other than the two teams that played in the Super Bowl, passed on Ferguson. The Packers, who have the 29th. Uh, pick in the draft that they were the only team among the first 29 and and 28 worse teams than them passed on Ferguson Uh, but anyway because he was claimed on waivers that also means the Packers inherit his contract previously signed with the Bears Ferguson is entering the final year of a four-year deal the rookie contract he signed with the Bears the final year of his contract is worth just south of $1 million. It's 
980,981 to be exact, and none of that is guaranteed. So in other words, Ferguson has to make the 53-man roster to be paid any of that. Yes, he would get paid a small per diem during training camp, stuff like that, but that's not reflected in his contract, nor does it count against the salary cap. And because his contract is not guaranteed, my opinion on the claiming of Ferguson is not dissimilar to the sentiment expressed by others. It's a low-risk proposition from the Packers. He'll have an entire offseason and training camp to prove he belongs. And if not, the Packers have already signed Ricky Jean Francois to fill the void left by the suspended Latroy Guyon on the defensive line. Now, the addition of Ferguson does not make the defensive line... Pardon me, (laughs) I'm going with the opposite here. The addition of Ferguson does make the defensive line quite a veteran group of players and makes the need to add another defensive lineman in the NFL draft rather low. Um, I mean, by the time we reach the 6th and 7th round of the NFL draft, nothing surprises me if the Packers or any team addresses any position at that point, even one of good depth. Uh, But suffice to say, the Packers don't exactly need to add a defensive lineman on the first day or two of the NFL draft. They could certainly add one at some point and definitely will do so uh, via the undrafted route as they try to find those diamonds in the rough and just add some training camp depth. But they don't need to invest a high round draft choice into the position. Ego Ferguson will be part of a rotation on the defensive line that includes Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Ricky Jean Francois, and Dean Lowry, among a few others, fighting for roster spots, guys like Christian Ringo and Brian Price. And then the Packers will have a decision to make when Guyon is eligible to come back from suspension. If Ferguson plays well, he might stick around. Uh, The Packers could simply choose to release Guyon after the suspension, much like they did with Mike Pinnell this past season. Or they could cut Ferguson or any of the other fringe defensive linemen, and it all could depend on their performance. Now, Ferguson will be a free agent after the 2017 season. Obviously, here we are saying it's too early to tell whether he'll be a contributor in 2017, So it's way, way too early to tell whether he'll be part of their plans beyond the current season. But he does have an expiring contract, so you can at least hope that might motivate him to put in a good effort this year. Uh, Ferguson is far from a sure thing. He missed uh, all of last season with a shoulder injury. He missed 12 games of the 2015 season. Uh, in part due to a knee injury, and he's also been suspended in 2015 for PEDs. So there's a lot working against Ego Ferguson that makes you think, well, he's injury prone, he's got a history of suspension. You know, every as I say this almost every episode, everybody deserves a second chance. Uh, and if that... If he's, you know, not a repeat offender from the PED standpoint, I can get beyond that. Um, You know, with the injuries, maybe it's a case of bad luck. 
because we have seen players go from injury-prone earlier in their career to big-time contributors later on. I think of two other Packers players on the front seven of the defense that come to mind in particular. Uh, Mike Neal, now a former Packer, but not so long ago he was a member of the Green and Gold, and also Nick Perry, still with the team. Both those guys had reputations of being injury-prone early in their careers, rarely getting on getting on the field in their first year or two with the team. Uh, but the, and you know, and all of a sudden, you know, if if you go one year, people are kind of willing to to not think much of it. But all of a sudden, you start to miss like the better part of two years, and then you know, you really kind of hear it, and and there's a lot of rumblings, and people lose patience with you. And especially like Mike Neal and Nick Perry, those guys were both, you know, first first and second round draft choices. Um, and Ego Ferguson is the same way. But if they can finally get over those issues, and both Mike Neal and Nick Perry have, uh, you know, later in their careers, pretty much playing at least like 15 out of 16 games, which is, you know, uh, what you expect. Uh, and when they were healthy, they played pretty well. So hopefully Ego Ferguson kind of follows in those footsteps. So that's my two cents on the acquisition of Ego Ferguson. Like I said, a low-risk proposition for the Green Bay Packers, um, and they can always cut him at any time and not have to pay him any guaranteed amount of money. So uh, it's I don't mind it whatsoever. Kind of surprised that all 28 teams ahead of the Packers passed on him on the waiver wire. Uh, perhaps maybe they thought they could you know, sign him to a lower contract than the, the, you know, the NFL minimum rather than inherit the contract he signed with the Bears. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Um, but anyway, uh, it's for me, uh, it's worth the money if Ferguson, you know, does end up earning that roster spot. And, uh, it, you know, that's that kind of brings to an end the Packers news we have uh, with most of the news being on the tailgate tour, which we already really talked about in depth. But to preview uh, the continuation of it, we we press on. The day ahead. The tailgate tour continues on Wednesday and through the rest of the week. Uh, I have a pretty good idea that the Packers are on the road as I speak. Wednesday's tour stop is in Ashland, Wisconsin, before they go into Michigan's Upper Peninsula. On Thursday, they'll be in Houghton, Michigan. On Friday, in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And then the final tour stop in Iron Mountain, Michigan on Saturday. In between, the Packers will be visiting schools, local businesses, and charitable organizations. It, now, it's necessary to buy tickets to visit each of the nightly stops on the tour, uh, of which options include food and autograph sessions included in the price of the ticket. Uh, if you've never seen a tailgate tour before, I think it's cool to take in, and I would encourage you to do so. So go check out Packers.com, the team's official website, for more ticket information if you happen to live in, in northern Wisconsin or the UP of Michigan and are interested in checking that out. Um, like I said, this is the only week to do so. 
So go ahead and do it. Also, on Wednesday and through the remainder of the week, the Pro Day circuit is just about coming to a close. The events on Wednesday include dates at LSU and Baylor, among a couple other smaller schools. I know Southern University also has theirs today, and that's that's right in the same city as LSU. That's kind of why they hold theirs on the same day. While the NFL scouts are in town, they can basically t- kill two birds with one stone there. Um, so that's what's going on today and then through the rest of the week, and that pretty much is it on the Pro Day circuit. My usual disclaimer, Packers scouts are guaranteed to be at least a couple of these, although maybe not all of them. The team does not publish which pro days they attend, although, you know, with with many scouts on staff, they cover a majority of them. Um, So the Packers will be, once again, eyeing up prospects for the upcoming NFL draft. And um, that's it, you know. Uh, The the long range here, the tailgate tour, it comes up. And then um, after that is... uh, we really start getting focused on the NFL draft. So that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us on the show. Thank you to Brandon Kennard of WAOW for being our guest today to talk about the tailgate tour. And we'll be back again on Friday. I've already got our guests lined up. It'll be Scott Wright of NFLDraftCountdown.com joining us to talk about the NFL draft and previewing prospects and things like that. So excited to talk to him on Friday. And uh, Railbird Central airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, typically at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you, folks. Have a good Wednesday. We'll talk to you again in just two more days. On behalf of everybody here at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiribu. I leave you today with a song called Kidney in a Cooler by Keller Williams on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go. Pack. Go.